Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is the continuous thoughts that everyone seems to have on HBO's The Last of Us, the hit series which only seemed to get more and more popular, even facing off against high-rated competition like the Oscars. It's still managed to go ahead in its last week its final episode gained the highest ratings of the entire season and also surpassed itself beyond the house of the dragon from game of thrones and other hbo series to become the biggest of all the most recent series since the original game of thrones and here today to discuss Good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing at the MCU's Bleeding Edge. It is the man of true knowledge himself. It is Jeff Sloboda. And Jeff, great to have you back, my friend. I know you've been covering this extensively on your show, the MCU's Bleeding Edge, along with, of course, the MCU, DC, and other great pop culture projects that are out there. Television shows like The Lord of the Rings. Of course, we got our only fans is coming out soon, too. There you go. Absolutely. So you got that all going on, but you had plenty of time to go ahead and check out The Last of Us. Uh, you said, Gerald, brother, I got to go ahead and talk about The Last of Us. So go ahead, my friend, share your thoughts on season one of The Last of Us. I'll, I'll tell you exactly what I told you earlier. I, I utterly feel blessed. I do. I thank God and like luck and whatever, you know, and like um, timing or whatever that I hit just happened to come across. The, you know, be a lot there looking and searching for a series, a couple, two or one or two series to cover because where we were at, I guess, is sort of our rotation, I guess, if you want to call it that. How we kind of just, you know, every two or three months we switch off mm-hmm. and kind of with our shows and whatnot and trade off and pick up different TV series that we cover as we've expanded and grown, right? And evolved into Rings of Power and, you know, and doing House of Dragon and whatnot. Now, um, at that point, I just happened to come across the trailer. I knew nothing about the video game. And I knew Pedro Pascal, and I knew, obviously, Leona Mormont, right? So um, there you go. That was all I needed right there, the trailer. And then I swear, the, the score even in the trailer was captivating to me. I was like, oh, geez, right? It just has that HBO Studios-produced vibe to it, right? Mm-hmm. That, like, that Andor actually gave me a little bit in a way, which was, which was weird. But anyways, either way, um, honestly, um, it's the best TV series that I've seen other than Andor in the last, since WandaVision, I think. Hmm. Since Loki, probably. Yeah, definitely. That's what I've seen. Uh, better than House of the Dragon, without without question. Well, there you go. Very impressive indeed. What drew you in? Did you get a chance to play the video games before the actual, or the video game, you know, obviously, the, which is based on, which is the number one, The Last of Us Part 1, did you get a chance to play it before you went into the series? How much did you know? I did extensive research. Uh, you know, I um, I stayed up uh, on like a, a four-day meth binge, right? And like uh, crammed and took Ad- I took Adderall and everything and whatnot and all that so I could study and cram. No, I'm just joking. No, I got about 30 full pages in one of my notebooks of straight just notes I took uh, about everything, about the games. I didn't want to play the games. I wanted to actually... Honestly, Gerald, my approach with this stuff is always I don't need to be a, a, a diehard uh, read the comics fan of DC to, to moderate DC animated reviews, right? Uh, to encapsulate just one thing. Basically, the way I see it is as long as I have the right people around me to support me that have that knowledge, right? Then at that point, I'm good. At least, I'm, at least I'll do a decent job. Yeah. You know. So I did my research, uh, and I had people on every single show on my panel that played the games. Right, that backed me up every single every single show, and that dichotomy of being able to contribute, have to contribute to that to that degree, and be able to simulate, you know, and have them actually, you know, have that role, right, and give them that sort of responsibility on the show. That that's good. It's good for the chemistry. My guests like it. They feel appreciated, right? They're more they're able to contribute more. I can I can go to them. Um, I like that. So I have that support. I do. Um, one, luckily Jasmine, one of my regular guests in the Bleeding Edge, played the video games and she did every single episode with me. And shout out to you, Jasmine. She's a diehard. She grinded them all out with me. And I'm telling you, Gerald, our finale recap last night was stellar. It was stellar, literally. One of the best recap reviews I think I've ever done of an episode. Was that good, man? Because the freaking material was so good. Yeah. 
Well, what what do you think really stood out to you? Because again, for those that have played the game, they knew they were very familiar with the world of The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it's it's garnered such a large audience beyond that that have not played the game. What drew you in even more with The Last of Us with every episode? It's difficult, Gerald, because you know how it is with this stuff. I mean, you know, a month or two or three months down the road, you, you start to realize things you didn't even think about with these series, right? We talked about that before with the, with the Marvel Disney Plus stuff sometimes. Like, you look back, you're like, wow, you know, I was a little harsh on that, talking to the Winter Soldier episode or finale. But you know what? In reality, it really wasn't all that bad. Um, you know, like, that happens. And you know what? Look, we all have lives. So if you're down, if you're in a down period or whatnot, or you're not feeling all that hot or going through some stuff, that's going to affect how you review things, right? And how, and the opinions you drop, you know, when you do reviews and talk about these TV series. So I think that, that does matter, right, to some extent, the individual. Uh, but either way, um, what it was for me was, I guess, almost that same, you know, just reliable, consistent, overall, extremely well-done production that they dropped. You know, HBO Studios drops in these series where – um, for one thing, the casting was excellent, right? You had to cast those two roles perfectly, right? In a way, almost you had to, you had to make sure that they had that chemistry on screen that would work, that would be believable in dystopian type of like you know apocalyptic type society like this in America that's twenty years out from like you know the the you know D Day type of the infection, right? At that point, you really need really really strong authentic actresses and actresses to be able to play these roles especially when you're talking about uh, a dynamic where you've got a 16 year old girl and a what you know maybe 50 year old man uh right? thir- she's 13 13 okay 13 right and he's what like 45 50 something he, like that he's in uh when it hits to the current age not 2002 when the pandemic started excuse me 2003 when it hits 2023 he's in his mid 50s by then i think it's fit closer to 50 to 57 well he looks damn good for that i'll tell you right now especially for that but with no health care and all that like no uh you know no uh no obamacare um no i'm just kidding that little little backhand slap there but no um uh basically no look um i love consistency just like with andor i love seeing reliable consistency from episode to episode and something that's growing right something that's Mm -hmm. evolving that i can watch unfold in front of me and then it doesn't have to be climatic in some kind of suspenseful or powerful way. It can be delivered in any different in any way. If, if it if it moves me, if it catches me, if I find it a fascinating or interesting or, or emotional or connect to it in some level, that's what I find good about it. That's what that's why that's why I find positive and, and see as, as quality. And also I take I pay attention to the production, the cinematography. I told you the score reminds me of Deadwood a little bit. Yeah. Some of the really acoustic-y, kind of almost folksy stuff that they play. Look, some of those shots in those episodes, of course, it doesn't it doesn't hurt to like, you know, where they were filming, that they were going across that track, mm-hmm. you know, where they had all those wonderful open shots, but they were on horseback. Wow. Talk about finding easy material for a freaking hash for uh, thumbnails. Jeez. Uh, you know, all you had to do was just sit there and take a couple of screenshots of a couple of the uh, promo trailers if you had something right, right there. Um, but I mean, even just that scene with those married couple or whatnot, everything that were funny as hell, right? That was what, like seven minutes long, five minutes long, episode seven, I think, or eight, right? Yes. That intro scene was so good, right? The finale, the way that they, that that, that, that young actress who voiced Ellie in the game, right? Did such a j- great job mm-hmm. emoting and, and authentically playing her role in that intro it set the tone for the whole finale right and what i loved about the series overall were the parallels and the fact that they kept revisiting these same dynamics between different individuals with different capacities of love for each other different friendships right some romantic some um casually romantic some just friends but the thought of what love would be like right in this type of environment, in this atmosphere, right? It's it just, um, it's fascinating to me. It is, even though it's dark, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, it's psychologically just very deep, right? To think about, uh, to put yourself in that spot. But overall, you know, as well as I do that 
if you put yourself in that situation, which I have several times to try to really understand and grasp you know, the, the show the best I could, how I would fare in some mm. of these situations, I don't know how, if I'd be able to do some of the things that Joel does, you know, honestly. But um, either way, um, the duality, the fact that they they contrast and they parallel these um, these deep connections between these people in these relationships where um, you know they're living in an environment we can't even grasp. Right, where you can be killed at any given time, infected at any given time. How they end these situations where people are like begging, you know, ask she has to be killed, her friend can't kill her. I'm sorry, spoilers right there, folks. You know, I mean, um, you know, I mean, the fact that um her best friend, Marlene from the you know, the from the uh, Fireflies, knows her so well and trusts her. This think about it, in this type of world, um, what, why lie? About I mean, you know, you know when someone's telling you the truth. She said they they were best friends for you know since they were like young. She knew she was telling the truth, but she said, "You know what? I cut the umbilical cord immediately. I saw it, like you know that I cut it." Uh, and Marlene believed her, you know. And I firmly believe that um, the mother, if she hadn't done that, would not have lied about it, and she probably would have killed killed her own child, if anything, because that's what they're the, what they're living in. Right. That's the reality of this life. And um, no, so well played. Um, and watching Joel and Ellie evolve in their relationship, just uh, I, I don't know. It's, it was almost. Um, I don't know, fascinating, awestrucking, whatever. I don't know, Gerald. What, what can I say? Just an awesome experience. I know that for a lot of people that they really have enjoyed it. So many people have asked and reached out to me saying they want to talk about it. And I want to make sure that all of my regulars that want to be a part of it want to actually share their thoughts on The Last of Us Season 1. Before we head it out, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and touch on what you think might happen in Season 2. Sure, you can play this The Last of Us Part 2 and, and get a general idea of what's going on. But the guys behind... The Last of Us TV series, one of which is Neil Druckmann from Naughty Dog, who has done a great job as far as adapting this video yes. game yep. to life yeah. in, or a entertainment product, yep. has deviated in slight ways and some larger ways with some episodes in this series. So He's very what brave. Do you, He's very yeah. brave. Yeah. So what do you think that you would like to see coming up? for the last of us in season two i don't care whatever they give me i'll like it anything that you're looking out for specifically any part of the story that you want to see told in detail no i'd really be surprised honestly this is such a good show i don't see how you can mess this up in, in season two i mean honestly I, maybe i don't know some of the i guess, look just i guess just because i do care about um the social material and we have had those contributions to people who did really deeply, heavily care about the game and do care about the game. They don't like, you know, don't get me wrong, Gerald. We never have any moments where any, anyone that we have on ever, like, you know, sit there and, like, get super negative about, you know, try, get, try to get all comic book accurate type, you know, go on that jazz type of deal. But mm -hmm. I, we haven't had any of that. But, like, for instance, last night, Jasmine and Andrew, Geek News on Network, uh, the writer over there, and Jasmine, my regular guest, um, they both mentioned that they would have liked to just basically have seen more killing of the infected, right? Instead of just people, right? Which I explained to them, you know, that it was necessary for the um, for them for Ellie and for Joel to kill humans, to kill actual people, in order to service. I you you understand where I'm going with this? Connect yes. to right both of their evolutions as individuals and in their relationship. But I think in season two, we will see probably the type of uh, different uh, kind of hybrid infected that they do have in the game too, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, you know, they have some weird names and whatnot and everything. We're going to see more bloaters, the big, strong, armored ones. You know, those things are nasty. I think there'll be, there'll be more action, more fighting with the infected. And we'll probably, if honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to do something where they don't go off game or off story hardcore. Like I'm not talking Game of Thrones type stuff. I'm saying it wouldn't surprise me if they try to add a wrinkle here or there just to make it interesting, but still service the fans of the game with, with the infected in some way. 
other than that, I don't see them distorting or, or going going away from the actual source material. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Big on America. Hey, guys. This is Jason Dutch with Dig on America Podcast, and I'm here with... Big Hops. And I'm also here with... Mikey Famine. Dig on America here, we explore how American history, policies, and sometimes even our pop culture created the social and political issues facing Americans today. You can check out our website, digonamerica.com. We're on every single audio podcast app there is out there, Pandora, Spotify, etc. Subscribe on YouTube. You can check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash DOA podcast. Hopefully you'll listen to the show, guys. Dig on America. Once again, it's Jeff Sloboda from the MCU's Bleeding Edge. You got to go ahead and check out his show, the MCU's Bleeding Edge, on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Does a great job breaking down things, not only The Last of Us, but obviously all the Marvel, all the DC, all the Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, a whole bunch of stuff. Star Wars, a lot of stuff going on. No what if here, Gerald, no what if. Yep, absolutely. So before we head on out, my friend, and a big shout out to Jason Dutch. Hopefully all is well with you, my friend. Hopefully you've got a chance to see The Last of Us too, as well, Jason. So let me know if you get a chance, if you want, if you've seen The Last of Us, to go ahead and share your thoughts. You're welcome to come on anytime, my friend, if you want. Before we head on out, you got to go ahead and give us an update on what's going on with the MCU's Bleeding Edge. We're just transitioning. Like I said, we're, we're in one of those transitional swings where... I'm adding a fourth show now, a Monday show, right, to our week, just to give us more space, more fluidity, right, to, you know, to continue our core, you know, goal with our content, which is the MCU's Bleeding Edge, and service that properly, right, the fandom stuff, yet at the same time be able to um, continue doing what's really evolved our YouTube channel and really grown our audience and really, you know, really pushed our numbers up in general, Mm -hmm. which has been going out and covering these, these high quality TV series like Willow, right? You know, which uh, unfortunately did not get a season two extension from Disney. I know. And I thank God for that too. I did. I was very, yeah, I I couldn't get through it. I'm just, I burned my Willow t-shirt that day. I'm sorry to hear that. No, no, no. So so we are doing, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's definitely got just something Uh, I couldn't it was rough. I was a little, I did not want to review the second season. I didn't. I would have done it if I had to for my co-host Cyber that likes Willow. But anyways, no, we're doing it right now. We're doing the Mandalorians, of course, season three, which has been great so far. Every Wednesday evening at 9.35 Eastern, 65 p.m. Pacific, like well, always. Everything's live. It's all discussional. It's all adult-themed, but it's not, you know, um, spot, we're trying not trying to spotlight ourselves as a side show. It's just, uh, you know, adult-themed show. And essentially, we're going to be doing our like our MCU 2022 release rankings in two installments. The next two Fridays, we'll do the nine. We'll have a big panel. It's kind of like fan service almost, right? Yep. The, the creators and whatnot that come out, they love those shows. Yep. And after that, we'll wrap. We'll go ahead and, and we'll j- we'll jam out two more installments. We'll do a whole, whole phase four, which would be fun. That'd be a blast. Might even be three shows. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, you know, on Sundays, I'm previewing all of phase five and phase six. At 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. This weekend, uh, you know, tomorrow, I have What If Season 2. Um, next weekend, I can't wait. I have Ironheart. Oh, my God. Can't look, I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. And um, besides that, we're waiting for Secret Invasion. We're waiting for an official release date so we know when we can line that up and what night to do it. And I'm looking for another TV series. What did you tell me, Gerald? What's going on? What's, what's the scoop? What should I jump on right now? Well, right now, it's kind of like a lull. I mean, The Mandalorian, obviously, you're going to be covering that. I know it to some detail because a lot of people are excited about that. I've got a chance to check it out so far. I think it's pretty good so far. Star Trek Picard might actually be interesting for once because Picard, the first two seasons, was pretty much throwaway trash compared to some of the other Star Trek. Star Trek Strange New Worlds was the bomb. Star Trek Picard, well, for the first two seasons, was kind of bad and rough to get, a really rough watch. But the third season so far has played out pretty good. Yeah, so there's some stuff out there. I'm waiting for, like you said, Secret Invasion. I'm waiting for Severance Season 2 for an official announcement date for that. I know Ted Lasso just came out. So there's some stuff out there if you can find it. Well, hey, uh, I'm telling you right now, um, the trailer 
for uh, Secret Evasion is great. I love it. Yes. And hey, Ant Man three, pretty solid, right? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I do want to thank you. It's one of our biggest shows oh. the past uh, couple months that we did, as far as a full spoilerish breakdown ah. of Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. It is one of our biggest shows of the year so far. So, I want to thank you for that. Uh, and you can want to find out our thoughts on that. I will just leave it there. Oh, uh, I got to hold that up now. Oh man, thank you, Gerald. Yeah, just uh, I mean, yes, we had a, we talked for about an hour about it. So I know it was a great conversation. Uh, it, it says a lot about the movie, and as we're seeing with the box office results, I think that it just coincides with what we thought about Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. Well, it also says how, how much how how gracious you are, and whatnot, and everything, and how much of a patient and um, you know a decent guy you are, a person in general, and whatnot. You know that you give me the opportunity to come on here. And spent this time with you and whatnot because you know I enjoy it. Oh, absolutely. Well, again, I received a lot of requests from all my regulars to come on the show. Well, almost all my regulars to come on the show talking about The Last of Us. I know <laughs> something a lot, a lot of people are very excited about. So I'm happy to go ahead and oblige. Anytime, my friend, you want to step back into the realm of pop culture right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassman coming right back at you here. Thanks so much for being part of what we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is The Last of Us. Again, it's the show everyone seems to be talking about. It has gained such a popularity amongst everyone out there, including a lot of fans that have migrated over from another great drama series that just concluded although it's going to have many spin-offs that you're going to be seeing in the not too distant future in the walking dead a lot of those fans migrated over to the last of us a similar but with you know a lot of uh, differences as well apocalyptic undead thriller where the most uh, i guess uh, egregious enemy is not the actual infected themselves, but on the other humans that lay waste on occasion to the apocalyptic areas around them. And The Last of Us has gained such a notoriety on HBO and HBO Max, and who better to talk about it than an undead specialist indeed. It is our good friend who has been on the show many times from the Walking Dead fan base and so much more that's out there. It is Daphne Matthew and Daphne... Thank you so much for being part of what we do here in the past. It's great to have you back on the show, this time talking The Last of Us. Thank you for having me. Sorry we didn't get to speak about The Walking Dead finale. That was a very emotional ending. So, Oh, yeah, and I monitored, I monitored the groups. I monitored your groups that you were very much a part of. And I could sense the emotion, the sheer sadness uh, from the group overall. Uh, for me, as someone who has been a casual viewer, and I've told you this many times, <laughs> I thought it actually overstayed its welcome. And so I'm glad it finally ended. But I'm hopeful that these spinoffs and the long-awaited Andrew Lincoln movie, Deny Guerrero movie, that, or I'm sorry, series now limited series that it's going to be because it was once going to be a full-fledged movie back when the you know the series is getting 17 million people every week but now that's getting only 2 million or 1 million by the time it ended you know it's like okay yeah. let's set that thing to a series instead so i'm still eager to see that but it's great to see that a lot of those fans that had such an interest in the walking dead have now migrated over to the last of us yeah it it is very interesting that show as everybody knows is based off the game i played the game many years ago i started playing it again when the show came out and although like you said there are similarities to the walking dead the last of us is a totally different take on i'm gonna say on apocalypse because um, first of all, everybody knows what caused to happen in The Last of Us. It was it was fungus. They even predicted it to happen in the first episode in the 1960s. They said there was something called cytocorps and that it was a fungus. And they were talking about it's how- a cordyceps. Cordyceps, cytocorps. I don't know where I got that from. Cordyceps, see? So cordyceps was known back in the 60s and 
what happened, they never explained how it evolved into, I think the first encounter with it was. Well, actually it was in, uh, in, in regards to the world's largest farce, yeast as far as, uh, yeah. cause you know, yeah. yeast is made in foods mm -hmm. worldwide from baking, cereals, whole bunch of stuff. Right. The, the world's largest factory for that was the first place where the infection started on started, the series. Right. Right. Because of the fact that global warming increased the temperatures to the point where right. that, yeah, and that's all where it started, got processed into foods all around the world. And, and there you go. It, right. People kept eating it and then they yep. started turning. So Any, anybody who was baking cookies at that time, you're dead. Don't eat the bread. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Instead of don't drink the water, don't eat the bread. The interesting thing about The Last of Us is that they know, like you said, they knew what caused it. Which I, I will say I do like the fact that they, they did explain that, which is something I've always had a bone to pick with with your favorite show, The Walking <laughs> Dead. They never they never figured out what caused it. They never figured it. out how, to, how it came about and then never right. figured out how to cure it, which always pissed exactly. me off. Exactly. So the one thing I liked, I, I loved about this adaptation of the game was that they, like I said, they knew exactly what happened. They knew exactly what caused it. And they weren't zombies. They looked like a bunch of- uh, It's mutations. QW zucchini or okra or something, you know, when they changed um, after a while. And the other interesting thing about it is that these things were not, they didn't live long. Joel said it in the eighth episode that the longest one he encountered that was alive was maybe two months. But I think what drew Well, they evolved. We got to remember, yeah. they evolved depending on the level. So they, they, they start out as a runner, then they start out evolving into other clicker, and then it goes into- That even big more. thing that- all, all the way. Yeah. Yeah. All the way up to which we haven't seen on the show yet, but it's in the game. It's in The Last of Us. Yeah. Part two, that big thing. Yeah. The Rat King, which is like a, a, a amalgamation of all the all different monsters in the game, all into one. That yeah. came. That, that supposedly comes about after about twenty years. Of yeah. Involvement. So yeah. But, yeah. So the good. So, the so if you and I get bit, twenty years from now, we have that to look forward to. So, oh yeah. gosh, yes. But what I liked about the show is that they kept true to the game for a lot of it. I mean, of course, they had to add some things in because, yes. you know, it's a game. But for the most part, they kept true to the game. Um, Joel and Ellie, a lot of people didn't like the casting. I thought Paul, Pedro Pascal was awesome as Joel. I thought from playing the game and seeing... The character and the way he was, I thought he was an amazing pick. Well, they 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 argued with it at first. Yeah. A lot of people were against it, but then by the end, you know, everybody's everybody's hot on him. I mean, yeah, he had so, a Rick Grimes yeah. shirt on in one ep in the episodes. So he had a Rick Grimes shirt on. So that'll tell you exactly how well that they did is that they changed everybody's yeah. mind on the casting. Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, I wasn't I wasn't particularly fond of Ellie, but she grew on me because that that actress she had me dying because she was just so deadpan and and then she'd come up with the jokes and it was it was awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I like the way they kept they didn't go too far off into the in the story from the game because a lot of these um made to movie games kind of like video game adaptations that doesn't make sense and then the gamers get mad because it's like where did that come from you're listening to the pop culture cosmos action figure adventure is back with season two and we're going further than ever before checking out more toy stores than ever before and seeing more incredible iconic and noteworthy pieces than you could possibly imagine once again jay grapples with how to build the ultimate action figure auction to support critically and terminally ill kids in need along the way we'll chat about holy grail figures perfect action figures and showcase some incredible toy collections action figure adventure season two that's why I've been on the air several times. And actually, uh, when I'm finishing out the rest of the interviews on the show, we'll say it again, I'm sure many more times, is that this is the best video game adaptation of all time because it's able to find that balance between keeping the gamers happy because it stays true to the game, 
yet finding things that will gravitate people who have not played the game into watching the game exactly like i said there there was some add-on things in the game i mean like um i think the scene with uh if anybody knew true blood tommy's wife actually played in true blood there are some throwbacks to other series in there but a lot of the interactions and a lot of the conflicts was true to the game um, the thing with the guy who tried to kill her in episode eight, the church guy, the mission, whatever you want to call it, that was true to the game. They also made it show that nobody was in, they weren't superhuman. They didn't have special talents. Joel was a normal guy. He was a smuggler. He was a killer. He killed people for a living before he was tasked by the fireflies to take, as he called her, cargo to, I think it was Boston or wherever. No, they were in Boston, but they were going to Vermont or wherever they ended up. Utah. Yeah, and it showed that he was human. He had pain. He wasn't sociable. I mean, he even admitted to her at the end, in the last episode, he tried to kill himself because, you know, his daughter died. And I love the way they did that. That was true to the opening of the game. When his daughter got killed, the whole first... 15, 20 minutes of the first episode was the introduction of the Last of Us game. Just so people know, they, it has already been signed for two more seasons. So you're going to see that big, ugly, mutated killer eventually. Well, it's signed for one more season at least. They're talking uh, about I, a season three. Yeah. 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 Well, they're just no season two. Season two is guaranteed. Season three has not yet been decided upon. But I'm sure it's you know, obviously since it's gotten record numbers because of it actually beat has beaten House of the Dragon in numbers, it will go to a season three, rest assured. The thing is also there's no official status on The Last of Us Part Three, but they're gonna probably you'll probably see if season two and season three be elongated with The Last of Us Part Two. A lot of elements taken from that game. You won't see, uh, you know, season two just be The Last of Us Part Two. You'll see probably it extended out too, like you said, to season three. And well, I think what they're going to do is with season two, they're going to start off because even though they showed the actual ending of the game in the finale, there were elements in the game, like you said, the big, the big killer thing that nobody's seen yet that they could all actually incorporate in the beginning and then carry on with uh the last of us too i what i'm looking forward to is to see how they're going to do this because you know they took a big it was a big risk let's not get that wrong to adapt another video game into a series and they scored big time with this one so i hope they don't look look towards making it something it's not because you're going to lose a lot of people like okay with the walking dead what what happened with the walking dead after five six seven years they ran out of material so they started elaborating they started ad-libbing scenarios um even in the early seasons because the first two seasons of the walking dead really didn't have anything to do with the comics you didn't really see anything in the comics in The Walking Dead until actually season three with the farm and the prison and all that. So um, I'm just hoping moving forward and I hope it doesn't take a year and a half for another season to come out because they already said that uh, the House of Dragons, you won't see that for another two years. So I'm hoping that they don't sit here and take up another two years before they bring us more of it because now everybody's excited about it. This was an amazing show. I'm just so a little disappointed that it was, it could have went longer. You know, unfortunately, HBO, when they do a series, they do have a cap at how many episodes they have. I would have given it another episode as well. I think that the latter stages were kind of rushed. Where, yeah, I mean, it, not that not the David episode. Obviously, that was was pretty good. The finale was the, rushed. The finale. I think the finale could have been split up into two episodes. I yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. I think it was kind of rushed. It was compartmentalized, but it was a great episode. I think 
they could have squeezed it out more. I think they should have had more of the confrontation between Joel and um, the Firefly leader. I forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marlena. You know her name. You know her name. Yes. Huh? Marlena. 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 They should have had more of that. I mean, it started off so great with both of them giving honesty to what happened to them. And then it just jumped right to her in the hospital and them saying that, you know, they didn't even imply, I mean, I read it, but, and I knew it from playing the game that the only way for them to extract what they thought was the cure from her was to kill her. They, I I just think it's so funny though, that, uh, you know, and this is something the game never explains to you. And it never explains to you. The TV show is that, okay. So if Marlene makes it over there with X amount of fireflies along with her in the game, and in the TV show, why didn't she just take Ellie in the first place? You know what? She actually did state it because she said on their way to where they were going to meet up, she lost a lot of people. And she said that had Ellie went with her, she would have been dead the first day. Or maybe she was just saying that. Or maybe just she just... that, that's kind of a writer's cut uh, yeah. cover up, and that's that's kind of a bad. It, it it doesn't really hold water with me. I, it I doesn't hold water with anybody, but you know what? It sounded good on paper, so they let it fly. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, well, I, that... I didn't understand that either. In the game, the reason why he took her was because Marlene, Marlena was actually hurt early in the game. She got Yeah, Marlene hurt. was hurt. Marlene yeah, was she, hurt. And she got into a confrontation and got hurt. But the she one was thing I by the end. Huh? But she oh, was she was fine by the end. Yeah. yeah. One thing I found interesting that they changed was the fact how Tess died. Mm-hmm. Tess didn't get infected. Tess actually died in a battle with the fire uh, with the no, with the troops with, with the, the yeah. troops. So yeah. that was interesting that they did that. One thing to note that people didn't realize if they didn't play the game was the fungus the spores were actually in the air all through throughout the game in the show they said the reason why they didn't do that was because they didn't want them walking around the whole entire season with mask on so they kind of like made that a little less obvious that it was actually in the air it was an airborne disease um that they you could get sick even by being in a place where the air was uh bad. You know, it was like that little thing was changed so you wouldn't have the main characters running around in mess. I think I liked the most the best part of it. One of the things I liked about the show was Ellie's story was more detailed than in the game. Um her interactions with Raleigh. Um when they explained how she got bit, when they showed how she got bit the mall. You remember them all? I, I think yes. that was very a very good backstory because I don't because think it, well in the game it's actually that mall with her good friend, her girlfriend, and you know how that all came to be. Mm-hmm. That actually is DLC downloadable content that you had to pay extra for at the right, time right. it came out. Well, you actually there well, there's three different versions of the game, the regular game and then the advanced version, and then it's like the you're you're the best player in the world, like kill them all version. Um, well, well, the later the later components of the game c- included the 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 remastered the version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, all came, they came with it, but the original version, if you'd have bought it, you had to buy the DLC that in, uh, you know actually included, you know how uh, Ellie got bit, uh, right, the, and the decisions that were made from there. Yeah, the one thing I would have liked to see more of from the game was the other areas like when um the fights with the troops um in the beginning when before the subway when they actually had to go through a building and that's the first time you saw a clicker yeah i I think they could if they wanted to make the series longer they could have showed more of that action but i think for the show, what they were really focusing on was less on the monster part and more on the human aspect of it, which I will say was a pretty good take on it. I'm not going to 
hate on the fact that, you know, they didn't show a lot of the monsters because, you know what, then people, and they're doing it now. And and I know that that's the major criticism by fans. I think it actually, you know, uh, similar to what we saw with The Walking Dead in the early years is that the actual number of times that you see the infected is low, which makes for a great drama and for a great backdrop as opposed to having them there appearing every 15 minutes. I kind of like it and I would like them to continue it. I would not like to see them, uh, you know, out in abundance in season two and season three and beyond or what have you. I just think that it should be kept at a minimum just to be used that they're there as the surrounding additional pieces, because again, the real threat, are the actual humans in this apartment. Exactly. That, and I agree with that. I like the fact that they didn't do it, like you said, like The Walking Dead, where you saw the zombies or whatever you want to call them, the infected, every other, every other scene. It was that they knew they were there. We know what they were. We knew how they came about. Let's get on to the real story because... One of the faults of The Walking Dead was, in the beginning, it was so much, so much of the zombies, 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 people dying, people getting ripped up, that when they finally decided to get to the human element of the show, people were tired of it. It was like, yeah. really, come on, okay? Uh, we, we, we just don't want to see anymore. Um, so what I liked about this show is that, they, like you said, they were background noise. They were there. They were essential to parts of the story, but they weren't the main story. The humans were the main story. Um, from a survivalist point of view, it was a great, it was a great series. From people like I've been reading on our boards and you know other boards and seeing on Facebook, everybody's still trying to compare it to The Walking Dead. There's no comparison. There, there really is, in my opinion, those two shows are totally separate entities because they, they don't have the same feel. I felt more engaged with The Last of Us than I felt with The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead to me, when it got emotional, when it got human, it got human, but it didn't start off like that. It was just basically people fleeing or trying to survive the zombies. This, The Last of Us was more of, like you said, the human element. It's looking at, you know, okay, we know what happened. It happened 20 years ago, and this is what the world is like now. This is how people are surviving. This is how the world is. And, you know, there's still the big bads out there. I mean, there were a lot of big bads in The Last of Us. I mean, it was like everywhere. I mean, if it wasn't the Raiders... It was the the cannib- cannibalistic society, and then it was the fireflies. I mean, they they put all of that, and each one of them had something to add to the series. It wasn't just like, oh, well, you know, the governor's story in The Walking Dead was what a uh, uh, two parts, uh, a couple of episodes for season four and season five, and then he was done. Um, no, they all tied into the whole storyline and it was fluid. It wasn't like you're sitting there, well, why did that happen? It it made sense. And I hope that in the next season that they keep it like that because they came out with a bang. They blew, they blew my mind. It was like I was sitting there on the edge of my seat every episode. I mean, even the episode with the gay couple, that was great. That was a great. Well, that's already been considered one of the best episodes of television in 2023. Episode I, I would agree. And I think those actors should get whatever awards are available to them because it was just the whole show made you feel something that, like it was all real, that this could be possible. But yeah. that one episode just really clenched your heart and held it tight because. You've never seen that on a, on a show. You've never seen it done in that manner. I mean, The Walking Dead, yeah, we had our little Tara and what's her name, you know, bit Denise, Tara and Denise, and Tara and the governor's thing, but it wasn't that personal. It wasn't that 
showing the chemistry between two people. And these both of these actors, I I know one of the actors is straight. So because his wife even said he should win an Academy Award for that. That's Nick, uh, Nick Offerman. Yes. And he's a great actor. So, yes. you know, all being said and done, I think the last the last of us was a great series. Um, I hope that they keep it that way and I hope they don't try to water it down and try to extend it past its, <laughs> how do you say it, shelf life. Yes. Okay. We we want to see it. We want to see more. Everybody's hungry for more. Everybody can't wait. Pedro Pascal is getting great, great recognition. Even um, Bella Ramsey, she's getting great recognition for her role. And I hope they keep it going. I mean, I teared up so many episodes. It's not funny. It was like after um, that was episode five with the with the two actors. I think every episode after that, there was a scene that made you cry and it wasn't forced crying. It was like, you felt it. You felt Joel's pain when he finally, how do you say they confronted, he's confronted his demons about his past mm -hmm. and you felt it. It felt real. It felt like something you could identify with. You could identify with loss in that show. It wasn't like, okay, something like somebody falling off a dumpster or whatever. You felt his pain. You saw what happened that made him the person he was. And he came back from that. Because when he consoled Ellie after she had to kill that priest, teacher, cannibalist, whatever you want to call him, that's the first time he actually used the phrase he called his daughter, which was baby girl. And you felt it. It wasn't something that he was like, okay, yeah, all right, next scene, please. You wanted to see more. And right now, a week later, after looking at the, the series finale, I can't wait for more. I used to say that about The Walking Dead. Can't say it. Can't yep. say it after, I'll say after season five. It was like, okay, I'm watching it because I started with it. I want to see it to the end. This show, I'm like, I can't wait to see what happens next. And I'm going back to play the game now because I've seen the series. <laughs> Once again, it's Daphne Matthew. Got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today at, of course, one of the great places to go for The Walking Dead. And that's The Walking Dead fan base on Facebook. Daphne, it's great to hear from you. Looking forward to the next time you and I can talk again. Any last thoughts before we head on out? So just so for The Walking Dead fans, the Dead City it's coming out in June. It's official. It's coming out in June. The unnamed Daryl Dixon series is coming out in September. And the Rick and Michonne series is currently filming. If you live in New Jersey and you live in live near Bergen County, you will be able to find them filming in New Jersey. The Rick and Michonne series. So with that, I'm going to say... Enjoy the rest of your evening. There is more dead coming, but right now I am loving The Last of Us and I hope to see a new season soon. Once again, it's Daphne Matthew. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today at the Walking Dead fan base on Facebook. Daphne, great to have you here. Always stop by whenever you can. We'll talk about the first episode of the Negan Maggie series. Right. I don't do Fear the Walking Dead. I'm sorry. Don't like it. Haven't liked it since season three, so that's okay. Somehow it miraculously stays on the air, and everybody says, "Oh no, this thing. is the last season." It's confirmed. yeah, I, I no, I know yeah. it. I, yeah, I, I know it got the, the, but I'm just saying it. It somehow it stayed miraculously on the air all these seasons, even though I nobody can't actually figure liked out it. why because they yes. should have killed it after season three. <laughs> yes, you and I both. But all uh, right, again, it's Daphne and Matthew. Thanks so much for being part of what we do right here in the pop culture cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. 
Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. So before we head on out, my friend, you had a chance to finish season one of The Last of Us. Go ahead and share us your thoughts before we head on out. It was incredibly well done. It was very respectful of the source material. Some episodes were just beautiful pieces of entertainment. And yeah, I'm very much looking forward to season two and to see <clears throat> if they're going to continue to follow the storyline in the video games. If you play them, you know what I mean? Um, you know, with Joel respectively, uh, or specifically. Um, so yeah, no, it, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, sometimes, uh, it was, you know, you really felt those very heavy moments. Um, and I hated when we got to a point where we were having, uh, you know, a really happy moment for a character because we knew what was going to come next, just absolute decimation of, of that feeling of happiness and, and things like that. So, um, they were able to deliver on things like that, which I think is key uh, when you're taking this video game in particular and moving it into a different form of media. So, yeah, no, really good. If you were one of the few people who weren't watching it, um, it is 100% worth your time. Couldn't have said it better myself. Just a truly fantastic experience. Just, again, as we've talked about on this show, the best video game adaptation ever, uh, without a doubt. Uh, and it's not even close. And that's... I don't know if that's great when I say that. I don't actually think it's great that that I say that because that tells me that the whole entertainment medium, their idea of video game adaptations has not been very well done or very well executed. To have something like this go and blow everything else out of the water is just, uh, it, it sets the bar now very high, which I'm hoping other video, ga video game adaptations, which I know are many along the way, which is the best yeah. part, that there are many on the way, so there's many more chances for them to get it right, we'll now have to set the bar real high. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. And, and I'm not I think talking about the, uh, the the animated ones like Arcane, which did a great job, and some yeah. other things as far as in the animated world. I'm talking about live video game adaptations. Yeah, and I think that uh, you know the the new the new watermark is there, and uh, that I can't wait for that to be the average watermark, and can see you know what uh, games are going to push past even what The Last of Us was able to do. So, it's uh, it's a pretty exciting time to see you know your favorite video games being taken and not feeling like oh my god they're going to mess this up. It, there's there is true potential now that it is going to be really good, and and that's fantastic. Uh, they better understand and take notes on how to do a live video game adaptation because The Last of Us has set the course and set the course right for the live video game adaptations to come. So hopefully everybody can take note of that, that's doing their own video game adaptations on how to do it right. But I look forward to season two of The Last of Us and, and getting all the lowdowns from you, from TJ Johnson, from everybody who has talked so much about it. Great to get everybody's opinion on it, but thanks so much, my friend, as always. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmos show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. You know, since the success of the Academy Award winning RRR, people have been looking at the scene in Bollywood and say, is there another RRR on the horizon? Well, actually a movie debuted in India and it was a bigger success in India, but will that translate overseas throughout the rest of the world? But it is a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out every time he's here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is Hamanish Goel and Hamanish. Great to have you here, my friend. Uh, I guess you do have a sort of a new vibe coming i mean obviously congrats on the major success of rrr but in addition to that if you notice there was also the elephants whispers documentary that won at the oscars as well and so 
we had a few Indian celebrities like Deepika Padukone, who was in the XX Return of Alexander Cage. I guess in terms of like starting to adapt Bollywood in some way, like looking at their success from an Oscars point of view. But if you talk about Patan, that's the latest Indian action thriller that has yeah. debuted to some big numbers in numbers. India. Yeah, it's debuted to some pretty pretty high numbers and. I think there are many reasons, right? One is it has Shah Rukh Khan, which is like, a, he's a really big superstar, been in the industry for 25 plus years. He's impacted hearts with films like DDLJ, which is the longest running film, Kuchikachotai, and like many others. And so I think what happened was 2017 and 2018, he, has, he had two big flops, <laughs> really two big tankers. And I think he sort of waited and he had a few films in the pipeline and it was a, it had been four years and he'd done a few cameos last year in films like Pramastra and some other films as well but his actual lead solo film wasn't coming till Bhutan and so the hype sort of just came because a lot of streaming platforms started buying his most popular films restreaming them and people just wanted to see more of him so and because of that urge I felt like the film's content really spoke to the um, audience and it just went, I mean, berserk. And I mean, this universe, if you've seen the film, the first thing that comes is called the Wire F Spy universe. And so there actually is a previous three films that have been out with different actors and they've all done well. The movie has done tremendous. Uh, that's Patan that's done in 50 days, like oh, almost $150 million worldwide at the box office. It is yeah. probably not going to generate as much enthusiasm as RRR continuously did because RRR, it did well in India, but when it hit Netflix and when it hit across the world, it started to gain at box office and gain yeah. a lot of notoriety and a lot of people were treating it as a critical favorite and it's, darling yeah. which is really what we kept it going Patan is just straight action i'm gonna kill all as many bad guys as i can yeah. and mow them down as bad as i can so it will probably not have the staying power i expect no. that as rrr yeah it's not gonna have that staying parts it has that mass feel but it won't have that like well, they're already planning sequels so obviously they thought yeah they were <laughs> that. so actually before the sequel of Patan, the only one other film that's coming as a part of this universe is Tiger 3. This is what actually started the universe. There's a film called Ake the Tiger, which has a different superstar named Salman Khan. And that has many cameos, right? In this universe, you have Shah Rukh Khan, you have Salman, and they have sort of set the standards really high. And Patan just soared it to the roof. And I think to get something like an RRR, that director has to really think in that level. And so we're getting there. I mean, with at least one of like an RRR coming last year, the type of content we started to see, like I've seen so many pan-India films come in the bucket these days. And I'm not even like kidding you. Like Indian films have started taking it to another level, like Hindi films, like Telugu films. Pan-India means all languages, you know, and I think this is just a start to a different take of how we can present more, better content. To your point, to see another RRR, we would have to see sort of that big mass and cinema craft blended with each other. So there are a few films that have done that, but it's either not reaching that box office level or it's just not up to the hype, which is where the problem sort of happens. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be hitting the gym. I'm going to be trying to grow out that long hair, <laughs> just like Shah Rukh Khan. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what, though, Hamanish, it's always great to have you on, my friend. Always great to have you here. Looking forward to our next conversation on Bollywood. Again, by that time, maybe you and I will have that long hair and we'll have all the ladies screaming after us like they are doing right now for Shah Rukh Khan in Patan. But maybe we can go ahead and have that. We'll lift those weights right now there you go all right fair enough but my friend always great to have you here talking bollywood yep. and everything else right here at the pop culture cosmos
You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.